98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up 2 o'clock on this Wednesday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo show here on 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro, as we are outside the Auction Community Studios today. We are at Gila River Arena as the Coyotes training camp is underway. It's an annual tradition here on the Burns and Gambo Show. We hang out with the Coyotes for a day so we can get to know the 2018-19. Absolutely. We'll have, uh, we'll have Clayton Keller on. We've got Derek Stepan. Talk will join us. And this will start the weekly segment. We have uh, Talk on with us every single week. Uh, so you'll get to uh, hear the head coach of the Arizona Coyotes every week this uh, every. Wednesday. Wednesday, every Wednesday. Every Wednesday, every Wednesday, Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday I believe at 3.30 is when uh, is when our normal time. We're going to have talk on at 3 o'clock today. 3 o'clock today, uh, but yeah, 3.30 normal week. The Coyotes uh, training camp is here. The season opener is not that far off at all. Uh, very interesting story on our website on ArizonaSports.com. Uh, an anonymous player poll on TSN's website predicted the Arizona Coyotes as a playoff team that a lot of people, a lot of players around the league anonymously said, hey, the, the way they were playing towards the end of last year, the last 40 games or so, that was legit. That was real. They were good. They were a tough out. Uh, and they are predicted, at least in that. And I haven't seen any other official predictions well, yet. Well, 17, 12, and 3, uh, you know, from February on. So they really picked it up. I, you know, me and Talk, we go back a long ways. Um, you know, we're really good friends. And I'm happy to see, you know, he had some struggles. You know, I had to talk him off the ledge a few times, you know, in those first, uh, those th- that first month, month and a half. Uh, but he stuck with it. He built around a core group of players, a lot of the younger players. And he started to get the most out of them. Obviously, you still, you know, the goaltending was a major issue. The first, you know four to six weeks of the season. It was a major, major issue. They were not getting good goaltending. And eventually, you know, with the trade and then with Antiranta coming back and playing well, it really developed. And, you know, now there's some hope that this team can get to the playoffs. I mean, they ha- haven't been there in a while. It's been a long time since we've had a whiteout. So they're hopeful that they can compete. But the West is extremely tough again, like it always is. So alongside the sports psychologist of the stars, John Gambadoro, let's tell you what our top story of the day is here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Going deep. deep. Today's top story, Burns and Gambo. Going deep, brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Arizona Cardinals back on the practice field today. 0-2, getting ready for the Monsters of the Midway. The Chicago Bears are going to come in here based off of what we've seen this week with the Diamondbacks. I greatly fear the Chicago Bears fans are going to come in here this weekend and be loud because the Bears would appear to be good. We've got some news, Gambo, from the Cardinals. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald should be ready to go. He was kind of limited in practice, but Steve Wilkes said today, no question he should be able to play Sunday against the Bears, so that's good news. Hoping that Marcus Golden and Jermaine Gresham are ready to play. They were full participants in practice today. And Steve Wilkes, the head coach, is hopeful that his tight end and his defensive end will both be back and ready to go well, Sunday. Well, listen, there's no doubt. The one thing about Gresham and Golden, those are two mean SOBs. I mean, those are two guys that will give you everything they have. They're heart and soul players. They're physical. They're, you know, they're trash talkers out there on the field. So to get those guys back will give a boost to the tight end group. will give a boost to the defensive line. And, and they need it. I mean, they absolutely need it. But more than anything, this team needs Sam Bradford to play better. I mean, Sam Bradford has been god-awful. I mean, he's been 
been terrible. Uh, and he's about to lose his starting job as the quarterback of this football team if he can't come out and play better. He's missing too many throws, missing you know the accuracy, everything. It's just not there. So uh, Bradford's much better than this. We all know it. He's just got to play better. And this is not an easy task. This Bears team is good. Coming off a win against Seattle, they've got a, a very, very good defensive front line. They get pressure on the quarterback. So not an easy test, but I'm happy Golden's coming back and Gresham's coming back because I know how much those guys mean to the team. Uh, Steve Wilkes also today reiterated to your point about Sam Bradford, quote, Sam's the guy, close quote. Now, there wasn't a long-term commitment. The question was more short-term about this week. Sam Bradford did meet with the media and kind of dove into some of the specifics. When you hear that the playbook is going to get scaled back, what exactly does that mean? You know, the plays that we have in the game plan, everyone's comfortable with, uh, you know, versus multiple looks. Just really feel like, you know, we own the plays that are in the game plan that week. Um, you know, as opposed to having so many calls on the sheet that, you know, maybe we know them, but we're not, you know, owning them the way that we should. Uh, and then, you know, I think the thought is just allow everyone to go out there and play faster, um, simplify everything a little bit, and hopefully it shows up in the speed in which we play. So rather than practice, and I'm just going to use a random number here, rather than practice 100 different plays on the off chance you're going to use all 100, let's pick the 30 that we know we're going to use and practice the living crap out of those so that on day we know those plays rather than the 70 plays that we we don't know as well or we're not going to use at all let's not waste our time practicing those sets those plays and let's just focus on the ones we know we're going to use well it, it, it's so much of it you you could say that and that and that may help but a lot of it is really Bradford just not recognizing the position of the defensive backs, trying to throw in instead of moving on. I mean, there's several plays in that Rams game, you know, where you could see that he's making the wrong choices. He's, you know, he's jamming the ball inside when there's something over the top. So it's to me, a lot of it is just Bradford is really not recognizing, you know, where the defensive backs are and trying to and trying to throw it in and squeeze it in. And there are plays that are out there on the field. He's just not making them he was asked today what he thinks he's doing wrong here was his response you know just finding a way to make positive plays you know i think looking back last week you know there were a couple times early in the game you know just get the ball to dave get the check down uh you know it's first and ten instead of trying to force the issue uh you know and try to kind of generate something for us just let it happen organically um, you know, get us into second and four, get us into second and three, you know, where we can do a little bit more, you know, as opposed to constantly playing the game in second and ten, you know, and having to try to claw back into it so we're not in third and long. Now, one of the day. questions we've talked a lot about this week, Gambo, is whether Sam Bradford is playing cautiously, whether the offense is being called in a cautious manner. He was asked about that today as well. I don't believe so. Um, I mean, I would say no to that. Are there other things that you're changing this week to make you more comfortable with offense? Um, you know, like I said, just try to go out there and execute and, you know, play well. So didn't really want to expand on the whole idea about playing cautiously. Didn't really want to delve into that too deep because 
that gives rise to a whole other set of problems if he is, right? I mean, if he's if he's playing like a guy who knows that he's one hit away from being done in the National Football League and he's playing cautiously because of that, that's certainly nothing he's going to admit and certainly nothing he wanted to expand on either when he was talking with the media. No, I mean, because that's like a theme. Like, he's going to get asked over and over and over again about, you know, you're playing cautiously, you've had an injury history, you know, you missed all of last season outside of one game, and... You know, so for for Bradford, I mean, he's you know, th- th- that question is going to come up because l- we're not expecting Sam Bradford to be as bad as as he's been. We're expecting him to be a good, accurate quarterback, move the team down the field. But the the this is a historically bad football team through the first two games offensively, and Bradford's got to take a lot of a lot of the burden there. He does. He has to take a lot of the burden. He's not making the right reads. You know, he's not noticing and recognizing the position of the defensive backs, and he's making the wrong throws. Now, it doesn't help that the offensive line. At times, hasn't played well in pass protection. Uh, But overall, I mean, if you break it down, you are going to see a lot of bad reads, a lot of open coverages. There are guys that are open. So we sit there, the wide receivers, they're not getting separation. No, they are. There are guys that are open. But he's not recognizing the guy that's open. And he's trying to get rid of the ball so damn quickly that he's not allowing himself that extra second to to throw it over the top. He's throwing everything under and said there are plays over the top. He's just not making them. So let me make sure I'm clear on this. When, when, When we talk about what's wrong with this offense right now and you look at it are you are you putting the primary focus of responsibility on Sam Sam Bradford yes and not on Mike McCoy no more on and, Bradford and not on the wide receivers and how what little separation they've gotten this year I mean it's been a it's been a multi-pronged problem for the cards this year you're telling me that in, in your opinion and, and from what you believe that the problem is primarily Sam Bradford and not the other things that we've talked about, Mike no. McCoy or the wide receivers or no. anything like that? Based on some of the film that I'm seeing after the game film, based on some of the stuff that I'm seeing, there are definitely you know routes that are out there that he could hit where, you know, you know, corner routes, the defensive back grabs the under guy, and there is somebody open over the top, and he's not hitting it. The, and, and just so many different plays that I am seeing on film that I have where he, he's missing guys. Like, he is just missing guys. Um, you know, three guys, you know, open in the middle of the field, and, he throw, and, and there's two backers. You've got two linebackers covering three guys in the middle of the field. One guy's open, two guys are, and he throws it to one of the guys that's not open. Yeah. So to me, a lot of it is, you know, there's three – Three guys all doing a hook, and two two backers covering three guys. One guy's open. He throws it to the guy that's not open. He's not recognizing the defense. He's playing very poorly. The majority of the problems right now are on Sam Bradford. That's where the problem starts. Getting David Johnson the ball. If you give him enough opportunities, he's eventually going to make a play. You know, and I think it's just you know staying committed to finding ways to get him the ball. You know, whether it's in space, whether it's in the box. I think he's shown that you know he can make plays regardless of where he's at as long. As the ball's in his hands, so I think it's just staying committed to getting him his touches, you know, and allowing him to be, you know, himself. The Phoenix New Times is hosting the 19th annual Best of Phoenix A Fair on Saturday, October 13th, and we've got a spot on our guest list for you. You're going to enjoy food and beverages from over 40 of the Valley's restaurants, all inside the Van Buren in downtown Phoenix. Visit the rewards page at ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win. The Coyotes creating some preseason buzz, and our next guest is one of the main reasons why Coyote Center Clayton Keller joins us next on the Burns and Gambo Show. To a live here 
from Gila River Arena today, keeping our eye on all teams. We'll talk Diamondbacks coming up in a little bit, ASU football as well. Big NBA news with Jimmy Butler reportedly asking for a trade. But we've also got a hockey team that's getting ready to open up the season very soon out here at Gila River Arena. And joining us right now is one of the main reasons why. And there's a bunch of them, but one of the main reasons why there is a, a, a degree of optimism about this team to the point where uh, a preseason prediction from anonymous NHL players predicted the Coyotes to be a playoff team based off of the way they finished last year. And Clayton Keller is a big reason why he joins us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Good to see you again. We haven't seen you since the NHL draft out there in the east side. How are you doing? Pretty good. Yeah, I feel good. It's uh, good to be back at uh, camp here. What was the offseason like for you? Uh, yeah, I think I uh, just focus on getting stronger and faster. Um, I spent my summer in uh, Connecticut, so um, it was a good summer. Went by quick and ready to get back at it. Did you get stronger and faster? Of course. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you spent it work trying to get stronger Gamble, and faster. Gamble Are you wants, stronger yeah, and faster Gamble now? wants the measurements. He wants to know how much more you're benching yeah. now, how much faster you're skating now, right? They, yeah. No, I feel, uh, I feel like I had a good summer. I think um, my vertical jump went up like six or seven inches, and... Uh, my body fat went down, so I feel really good, and um, feel, I put on a few pounds actually, so um, I feel good so far. Is it, you know, I, an old buddy of mine, Danny Briere. I remember his first year in the league, uh, and he played with actually him and Talk played together on the Coyote team. And I remember him saying, "I just got to get big. I got to get faster. And I got to get stronger. I got to." And that was the thing, because when you're when you're not a big guy. You know, that, that, you know the rigors of the NHL, you, you do. You want to get, if I can get a little bit bigger, I get a little bit, you know, if I get a little bit stronger, a little bit faster, that's going to help you game out so much. Yeah, definitely. I mean, everyone says it, and that's everyone's goal, I think, going into their summers to get, to get faster. I mean, the game right now is played with skill and speed, and um, the teams that have that are the teams that are successful. Let's talk about the stronger point. Did you feel like sometimes you were getting knocked off the puck? Do you think this, this strength will help you a little bit more in that area? Yeah, definitely. I think I'm not much of a player who needs to be 190. I think I need to just get stronger, put on a few pounds, and go from there. I don't need to be huge. I mean, the way I play the game, and I need to be shifty and be able to do all the things that I've always done. I don't, I don't want to get too big, you know? Did you do anything fun this summer? Not much. I, pl- I played a decent amount. Just, just a workaholic? I mean, that's all you did all summer long? You just work, work, work? No vacations. I went to the PGA Championship in St. Louis, which was pretty cool, um, with a couple of my buddies. And um, But other than that, I just kind of worked out and, and played some golf. What was it like for you? You had the unbelievable start, the nine goals, the six assists, 15 points in the uh, you know those some of those October games. And then you were playing so well early when the team was struggling. There was a point in the season about midway through where you, where you hit that little rut. You hit that low. You, you, know, you, you were having a hard time putting the puck in the net and, and contributing and trying to figure it out. I know Tak tried to you know, work you through all of those. Uh, in your mind, was there a valuable lesson to be learned going through a little bit of a slump like that in the middle of the season? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I've said it before. I mean, it's not the first time that it's ever happened to me. It's happened before when I was younger playing hockey, and um, it's something they just get get through it. I mean, it's getting to practice early. It's shooting pucks after. It's just make sure you're doing everything right, and um, eventually you kind of just get out of it, and then it seems the puck's finding you a lot more, and you're scoring every game. So you just got to stick with it and, and play the right way. Clearly there was an adjustment period needed for talk to get used to to coaching the guys and for the guys to get used to getting coached by talk. Does, is this camp feel just so much different now that that adjustment period is gone? I mean, and everybody's a little more used to him and he's used to everybody. Yeah, definitely. I think from day one, I mean, we knew what to expect and I um, mean, all the drills and little things like that um, was a lot 
clear, I guess, and everyone kind of knew what he expects from us. And I think um, everyone had a good mindset coming into camp. And I think our goal is to make the playoffs this year, and that's what we said from day one. No forward had more power play time than you did. And the last night the power play really clicked. But how important is it to you to make sure that you continue to excel on the power play? Yeah, I think special teams is huge. I think uh, if you want to be a good team, you got to have a good power play. You got to have a good penalty kill. So I think last night um, we were we were moving it well, and I mean Galley can shoot the puck, and always great up top. So it's it's good to see us get some chemistry early. And I think um, we need to be able to execute um, the first whatever games and uh, be good on the power play and PK. Clayton Keller, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show, we're live from Gila River uh, Arena. The the I mentioned the. I don't want to call them playoff prediction predictions necessarily, but the expectation that this team could. Is that something that resonates with the room a little bit? Is that something that you guys expect amongst yourselves when you talk about this season? Yeah, definitely. I think that's our goal is we want to make the playoffs, and everyone in our room believes that. I don't think there's one guy that doesn't. So I think every day and every day of practice or every game we're, we're going to have a good mindset, and that's that's our goal. How many games did you play the year before last year? Your, your rookie, so was it, you, got, you got in a couple, right? Uh, yes, I played uh, three. three three games. I was up with the team for like two weeks, so they played like uh, I was like their last five games or yeah. something. Of so you season. got in, you got in a few games. Yeah. Did that did that help you at all going into last year? Just getting that, just getting a little taste of what it was like. Yeah, for sure. I think um, especially coming from college, um, it's it's a lot different. So um, to get those whatever it was, two weeks up with the team and see how the practices are and how guys prepare and how hard I really had to work that summer to be successful in this league. So um, it was huge for me, and uh, I can't thank the Coyotes enough for bringing me in at such a late time in the year. Every rookie that has a breakthrough season that I've ever known, it's just the, the second season is the hardest one, the sophomore season, the sophomore slumps. The, everybody knows you now. They know what to expect. The coaches know you. The game plan is going to try to keep you know take the puck away from you. Um, not that you're a marked man, but it is you know after a breakthrough season like that, it's you know a lot of guys find it very difficult to duplicate that. For you, what's the key to being able to go go out there and expand on what you did? Yeah, I think uh, I'm just sticking to to my game, and I think uh, all my life I've had not a target on my back, but um, everyone's kind of out to stop me um, because of the way I play. And uh, I mean, all the best players in the league. I mean, Crosby, Malkin. You can go through a long list of guys, and they've all had that target on their back since they started their career and you just got to play the right way and um outwork the other guys and take what they give you and i think um i'm not really worried about that i something that i've always had do you like having that target on your back because it means expectations right i mean it means that that there there are people expecting great things out of you yeah definitely it's like i said something that i've always had and i mean even being a smaller guy i've always been pushed to work twice as hard and um, it's almost motivates me and uh, makes me want to get uh, that much better. Yeah, this team, the, the West is tough. I mean, there's no question. Um, but, you know, we do. We, there are some expectations for this team this year. That It's been a while since they've been to the playoffs that maybe they could break through. You guys have added some pretty good new players. I mean, Gilchenik's a guy who I think could really help at the center spot. How do you like the additions to the team? Yeah, he's great. I'm. We played on the same line last night, and um, he's a smart player. He's got Obama's shot, so I think he's really going to help us out um, through the middle, like you said. And getting Vinny and um, OC there in the back end, I think they're both going to really help out our team. And Vinny can skate. He can. He can make some skilled plays. So I think uh, both all three guys are going to be unbelievable for us. 
Clayton, as always, we appreciate uh, seeing you. You stopping by for a few minutes. We appreciate that. Good luck with the rest of training camp. Good luck this season. I'm sure we'll talk to you at some point coming up this year, okay? Sounds good. Thanks right, for having me. Clayton Keller joining us here on the Burns and Gambo Show live from Gila River Arena. The home opener for the Coyotes coming up on Saturday, October 6th against Anaheim. Uh, you can get tickets to that by calling 480-563-PUCK or going to ArizonaCoyotes.com. They also have a very cool plan, Gambo, uh, the Weekender plan. Uh, guarantees you seats for every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday home game on the upcoming schedule. You can call 480-563-PUCK as well to get those options. But the home opener and coming up Ducks, real quick. Home opener. Saturday, yep. October 6th. It's going to be here in just a Everybody few weeks. Everybody gets a Kachina rally towel, 480-563-PUCK. So get on the phones and get to the home opener for the Coyotes. And don't forget, uh, Saturdays, the old school Kachina jersey. I think you still have one. I do, as a matter of fact. We were talking about that before yeah. the show. I do still have one, and it still snugly fits. I could have brought it today. <laughs> it fits. It's a little It's a little on the snug side, but I, I can still squeeze these fat old bones into that thing if I have to. Yeah. All right. Yeah, uh-huh. I still have it. Uh, they'll Maybe be Kelly get you a new jersey be, if you need no, a new no, jersey. No, it's, it's fine. It's Double fine. XL? The, the goal is to be able to fit into the one that I right, fit okay. into all, all right. those years ago when gotcha. the Coyotes moved here. Uh, they'll be wearing their Kachina jerseys uh, Saturdays at Gila River Arena this season. Those are kind of their throwback third jerseys uh, that they're wearing this year. And so for the nostalgia of that, you can relive some of that if you want every single Saturday here at the arena. Mathematically, the Diamondbacks are still alive, but the white flag is being unfurled as we speak. That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. Send it back to the Auction Community Studios where Andy Greenberg is standing by with today's poll question. You've got three poll questions left, Andy. I do. Make them count. Well, unless, you know, we throw in bonus weird ones. Well, throw in bonus questions. Yeah. yeah, I'm expecting a whopper on Friday, with that being your last day around. Yeah. I'm expecting. Yeah, we'll go a little crazy on Friday. Big time poll question out of you. No pressure. Today, since you guys yeah. are out with the Arizona Coyotes, I decided to ask the audience, will the Arizona Coyotes make the playoffs in 2019 for the first time since 2012? 51% oh. say yes, this is the year. 49% say no, team still needs work. Fitty, fitty. I haven't made it since 2012. It's been a long time. Ugh. I was surprised by that player poll that I referenced on TSM, the anonymous player poll that said, nope. You mentioned what, 17, 12, and 1 over the last couple months? 17, 12, and 1. Yeah, down the stretch, played well. Um, after a disastrous start, you know, played extremely well. And so I think that gives them some help. They made some moves, brought in some players. Yeah. Uh, you know, they got rid of some guy. Like, you remember, they got rid of Duclair last year. They got rid of Max Domi. So they definitely made, you know, they, they, they got rid of some players that didn't fit into Tox system, which they needed to do. Um, but, you know, there's there's hope and belief that maybe they could be more competitive this year as long as they don't go for that awful start. That's our poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page, at Burns and Gambo is where you can find that. Um, you know, I don't even know really where to start tonight, but, um, you know, another, another tough night. And uh, these guys are are walking through a firestorm right now, and uh, they just got to keep plowing away. I know that you lose a game 9-1, to one, there's really not many positives or many things that 
that jump out at you, but there were a few. D-backs manager Troy Lovello after last night's bludgeoning. That seems to be the word of the week here on the Burns and Gambo Show because we just keep using it over and over again when talking about our Valley sports teams. Listen, Bludgeoning last night by the Chicago Cubs. So wait, before, before you go off, because I know go you're going to go off. Go ahead. All right. Can I read to you the starting lineup for the Arizona Diamondbacks today? <laughs> can I, can I, I read I, it to I, you? Are you trying to get me? Yes. All right. Well, yes. I, okay, go ahead. Am I trying to push your buttons? Oh, go ahead. Am I, am I trying to elicit a reaction out of you? Yes, I, I am trying because this lineup, well, I'll just let this lineup speak for itself. Everything you need to know about the state of the Diamondbacks are in the next nine names I'm going to read. Jay, Vargas, Marte, Walker, Kivlahan, Ahmed, Owings, Mathis, Ray. You're not gonna. You, you're you're totally not gonna believe what I'm gonna say. Good, <laughs> good, because these other guys suck. Nobody can get a hit. How many hits did they have in the last two games combined? Uh, four last night and three the night before. Three the night before. Yeah. yeah. You know what? You're not playing. Why? Because you stink. <laughs> you're not playing. I'm gonna play Vargas and. Kiznesoff or whatever the guy's name. Gonna... Kivlahan. Yeah, that Kiv- guy too. Kivlahan. I'm going to play both of them. Although I'll be honest with you, I had to look up Kivlahan's first name. I wasn't sure. It's Patrick. Yeah, I thought, uh, I thought Kiv- it was Michael. Christian, um, Christian Walker getting the start. Sure, why not? Base. I mean, absolutely. Well, you know what? I mean, none of these guys are doing anything. I mean, you're not getting any hits. This offense is pathetic. It's a joke. He pulled those guys in the fifth inning last night. He pulled Goldie. He pulled Peralta. Yep. I mean, come on. I mean, listen, Lovello could tell us all day long, you know, we're going to play as hard as we can until we're – no, you're not. No, you're not. I mean, you know, this team, this team, you weren't – here's Lovello's fault. He was never able to get this team to recover after the two-game beating against the Dodgers by Matt Kemp. I swear, I'll take this to the grave with me. When I talk about this season, they lost this season, and I've said this many a times – when Matt Kemp beat Archie Bradley in back-to-back nights, Lavella has never been able to get them to recover from that. They've been bludgeoned ever since. I, mean, I love that word. I'm it's using it a lot. Word of the day. They have been beaten to a pulp in, in, in these. They haven't won a series since August, the middle of August, the last time they won a series. They just never – they didn't respond. And the offense is just blah. Yeah. You know what? Good for Tory. Play those guys. Maybe those guys will show some heart because you can't tell me that these guys are giving it all and they're playing their best, that you can't sell me on that. I'm not buying it. Nobody's buying it. No. They're not playing hard. No, you you, you can't buy it. I mean, look, when Tory says last night, when Tory said this last night about this team still having a heartbeat. I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, the, I'm the crazy solo thinker here, but we still have a heartbeat. And uh, I know that. Things are things are pretty rough here right now, but things have happened in this game that, that lead me to think that we, we, we could do it. And uh, I've seen things like this firsthand. We're not we're not going to shut down. This team's going to fight until we can fight no longer. You can't start Matt Andrees in a game against the Cubs <laughs> and then say that and then say that right that they they they, they just don't match up. Yeah, they know the players they, know they, they just don't match They're up. Starting you, Matt Andrees when I'm gonna they didn't try. It was an effort last I, night. I mean, if you want if you want to say, look, we're gonna start Matt Andrees today because. We're not, we're not dummies. We can see where we are in the standings, and we want to take a look at him. We want to take a look at him in this setting to see how he does. Okay, fine, because at least then I, that matches up with the reality of what I'm seeing and where you are. If you want to say, hey, I, I want to look 
I want to look at uh, Christian Walker at first tonight. I want to look at Kivlahan in left tonight. I want to look at Vargas at third. That's fine because that matches up with reality. That matches up with where you are in the standings. Right. You, you can't say we still – I mean, you can. Tori can say whatever he wants. I'm not going to tell him what he can or can't say, but you can't expect me to buy, hey, we're still in it. We still have a heart feet, heartbeat. We still have two feet in this race, and then you start Matt Andrees. You can't tell me we're still alive in this race, and you've got Patrick Kivlahan in left field and Christian Walker. I hate the way this. Se- I hate the way this season is ending. It just doesn't I match. Just, I, I do. I hate the way the season's ending, because they they got out of the gate so strong, and they were in first place for a hundred days, and. To play like this to the point where Vince Murata is asking whether this team's even going to finish 500, it's, it's a little embarrassing. I mean, it is. It's a little embarrassing because they're, they're, they're better than the way they're playing right now. They are. Their starting pitching's been good all year long. And, uh, you know, listen, Tori, he's, he's trying to say all the right things, but he, he doesn't believe it. The team doesn't believe it, and the fans don't believe it. So at that point, stop saying it. You know, listen, I'm gonna, the season, we're gonna take, you don't have to say the season's over. We're going to take a look at some guys here. That's all you have to say. Just going to take a look at some guys, see what we have. You know, we've got 10 games left in the season. We're going to take a look at some guys. You know, see, because these, is, is there something wrong with that? Is there something wrong with saying that? Absolutely not. Uh, I, and There's nothing wrong and with that's it. What I, don't, I don't understand saying, okay, look, we understand we still are alive in this. But let's be honest. Let's be realistic. Now is kind of the time to start looking at... Other things. And, 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 Goldie's and, got five RBIs in September. Five ribbies in September. Yeah. I mean, the guys aren't playing. The guys, the, there are a lot of guys that aren't playing well. And I think these, listen, it's a long season. They're drained. They're defeated. It sucks when you know you're out of it. I mean, it does. It sucks that you fought so long through April, May, June, July, August, and then it just all fell apart after those two Dodger games. And the reality sets in, and it's 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 deflating. It's, sure. It is. It's deflating well, when you, you know you can't win and you can't go to the playoffs. Especially when your reality for most of those months that you're talking about was first place. That was your reality. You were there. You were there. I mean, you were you you were right where you wanted to be, and the the way it's all come apart now is just such a it, it's it's such a disappointment because it it we were set up for a tremendous September, and we were completely robbed of that. I, I mean, like you, you spent. April, May, June, July, August, setting us up for this great, oh, here it comes. It's going to be such an exciting September. Here comes Pennant chasing baseball, and it never happened. I mean, as quickly as you were set up for it was as quickly as it was taken away from you, if you're a Diamondbacks fan. And that, and I, you know, I, I feel bad for Tori. I feel bad for the guys. I totally agree with you. What happened in L.A. that day, that weekend, that Friday, Saturday, that and Sunday, that was their season right there. Different outcome in any of those three games, and certainly in any of the Saturday-Sunday games where they both lost 3-2 to camp, I believe never with recovered. all of my heart we're having a different conversation today. Never recovered. There's no doubt There's no doubt in my mind when I look back at this season, they never recovered from, from – and, and part of it's Lavello's fault because he never should have put Archie in the second day against Kemp. It was almost like, all right, Kemp drills the home run in the first game, and in the second game he goes, okay, I'm going to prove everybody wrong. I'm going to go right back to Archie against Kemp. What's Kemp's numbers against Archie? He's hitting 500 against them, but I'm going to go right back to Archie. And what does he do? Drills a double off the wall, two-run score, they lose the game. They have never recovered from that series against them. And here's the really crappy part about this. Freaking Dodgers won again last night. Yeah. Walk-off homer Chris by Taylor, Taylor in the 10th. Yeah. 
and now they got a game-and-a-half lead, and I so desperately don't want to see the Dodgers win the division here in Arizona against the Diamondbacks because that's that'll, that, that, that's, that, that adds insult to, to injury. Is that what it is? Sure. All right, thank you. <laughs> I'm, I like, I'm really not good with phrases. That would add insult to injury if the Dodgers clinched here, and you know how I feel about that. Yeah, no, it would. Uh, one last quick one from Tori Lovello. I'll give him credit for this. Uh, looking forward at least a little bit in this soundbite. We aren't shutting down. We aren't quitting. We aren't giving up. We, we, we still have, have two feet in this race. Um, and I, I, I believe that something good can come out of this. Whether it's tomorrow or next year, I believe we're learning some valuable lessons that are going to help us move on and, and become the organization and the team that we need to become. Like I said, whether it's tomorrow or, or in the future, whether I don't it's know. tomorrow next or next year, yeah. we are learning some Reality. valuable lessons. Sure, and, and, and they are, and, and, and that's and they the, are. And of course that's they the are. First, yeah, and I mean, it definitely are. I mean, that, you know, he's one hundred percent right. You are learning valuable lessons. I mean, you we weren't able to close. That's a long season, and they weren't able to close. And they had a chance. And here's what they should learn about this season: you can't lose. To, you can't lose a series to the Reds. You can't go through the Burnsy eighteen and go nine and nine. Ten and eight. 10 and I think eight. it was ten and eight. It was nine and nine. It was like 10 you had a you had an eighteen game stretch against the Patsies in the National League, man. You had a chance like that. That was your chance to build a cushion, yep. and that's where you blew it. That's why we called it the Burns the eighteen. Join Bickley and Marana tomorrow. They're live from the Buffalo Wild Wings on rural, just north of University in Tempe. Rural, yeah, rural. R U R A L. Rural, rural. Rural, just north of University in Tempe. Did I say it incorrect? No, I just... I, oh, you just said rural. Rural. Uh, giving away D-backs and ASU tickets. Stop by wearing your ASU gear to win. For more details, visit the events page at ArizonaSports.com. We've been here before, but with another disgruntled star wanting a trade, we ask the question again. Should the Suns get in on it? That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, afternoons 2 to 6. In your 20 years of radio, that might be the most embarrassing admission you've ever made. That yeah. You, you hit on girls a, with a CB radio. I had a couple girlfriends out of it. What, what was your what, handle? What was your handle? Gambo Bass. How you doing, over? How you doing, 10-4? 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. This is Gambo Big Boss, over. Another question. Now that Jimmy Butler has requested a trade for the Minnesota Timberwolves, should the Suns get on their CB? <laughs> Call the Minnesota Timberwolves. This is this is Big Boss Ryan down here in the PHX. How you doing up there in Minnesota? You read me? Yeah, we read you. You don't have anything we want. Are you sure? I got all sorts of trade picks down here I could give you. All sorts of assets I can give you. I've been collecting assets for a while. This is Ryan Big Boss down here in the PHX. Over. <laughs> Got a great big convoy. <laughs> I can send you a convoy of draft picks. <laughs> Over. No, actually, I can't because I traded away the. I, I've always wondered. I, I've always wondered if trading away that unprotected Miami pick could come back to haunt the Suns. Because I was hopeful, more than hopeful, that they would use that pick on a, on a player because. Uh, instead of moving up in the draft. Now, they moved up in the draft. They got a kid that they really liked, uh, and they used that pick to move up. But I've always thought that that pick was going to be used to lure a player here because it's such a valuable asset. The 2021 unprotected Miami Heat pick in a draft that some people think could be an unbelievable draft because could have a lot of the high school kids coming out depending on what happens with the league, but... They're expecting that that draft could be a good draft. Now, 
With that being said, unprotected, unprotected pick, it's worth a lot of value. The Suns used that to move up in the draft for a younger player. Mm-hmm. When I was kind of hopeful that they would use that pick towards a veteran player at some point. So now they don't actually have the assets that they once had. Because they've got, them, they've got their own picks going forward. And trust me, those are valuable. Those are valuable. And they've got the Milwaukee pick. Which isn't that valuable because they've got a guy named Alianis and Tepacumpo on the team. Um, and that, so that's not a great pick, the Milwaukee pick. It's okay. It's a yeah. nice asset to have. You know, you could trade that pick to go get Corey Joseph or Spencer Dinwiddie or Patrick Beverly. Uh, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't trade a first round pick for those guys, but that's what you could get. It's, that's not a pick that's going to lure you, be able to lure you, Jimmy Butler. Okay, let me ask you this question before I play the sound from Tim Legler and we get into the details of yeah. the story. Uh, are you are you regretful that they moved that pick specifically because it might keep you out of the Jimmy Butler sweepstakes? Not specifically him. Okay, but I have I I have 2018. Uh-huh. I have 2019. I got 2020. I got three years to use that pick on a, on a player that makes sense for me. Yeah. So I I have always wondered whether they're gonna it's gonna come back and bite him in the ass. And, and I, that and, they gave that pick away. And I understand your quasi regret about that. I'm just wondering if Jimmy Butler is specifically the kind no. of player. Yes. And that's is specifically the kind of player that you like. Man. Darn it! We could have had Jimmy Butler, but we traded that pick in the Mikhail Bridges deal. What we deal. don't know because I, I don't. Do you like Jimmy Butler that much? Oh, I, I love him. I, I love oh, you, him. you love him that much. Oh, he's, great. he's great. Okay, he's great. Jimmy Butler's great. He's so, a great player. If the Suns have the means, go after Jimmy Butler. Uh, yeah, sure. You got to take a shot. You got to take a shot. Okay, sometimes. but, but uh, uh, yes. I mean, that's what I'm trying to get to the yes. bottom of. Yes. here. I'm, I'm trying to find out whether this pick that they gave up in the Bridges deal is so coveted by you. Is Jimmy Butler the kind of player that you're like, oh man, they're not going to get Jimmy Butler now because they gave up that pick? Do you like him that much? I like him a lot. I like I like him a lot. I like Butler. And at some point, you got to roll the dice. And you got to go get a great player. I mean, at some point, you have to go do it. You have to try to go lure one of these players. Now, listen, we don't know. Butler's given the Minnesota Timberwolves a list of three teams. Yes. That um, he's given him a list of three teams that he would be trade that he would accept a trade to and sign an extension with. Yes, those three teams are the Brooklyn Nets, the LA Clippers, and the New York Knicks. Right. So it's not Phoenix. No. So you don't want to take a risk on trading for a player, and then that player could, you know, end up leaving. You know, you'd have to try to sell him. So you're not going to trade for him unless you're going to resign him. But this this line in the story from Adrian Wojnarowski on ESPN uh, is interesting. Butler wants to trade to a team that plans to sign him to a five-year max contract that could be worth $190 million in the summer. His list could expand based upon the Timberwolves and rival teams' willingness to negotiate a trade for him. And so what I read into that is, these are the three teams I want to go. But if Team X or Y or Z calls and says they're interested in me and they're willing to give me that max contract, I'm not going to limit it to just these three teams. I'll wait and see who Team X is. And say, eh, yeah, no, thanks. Team Y, yeah, I'd go to Team Y. Okay, they're interested. Let's make a trade. You know, he's giving himself he's a, not, little, wiggle a room. little bit of wiggle room when sure. it comes to this this rumor out there. Now, of course, the Timberwolves say we're not dealing with you. Uh, we're not going to deal you. But we have seen oh, this scenario. To, this we've seen this he scenario. He turned down a four-year, hundred million dollar contract. Yeah, we've seen he it come up a hundred times. You're going to have to deal the player. Yeah, he tur- you made him an offer. He turned down the offer. 
You know, and that's the for Chicago made him an offer, turned down the offer. They traded Zach. I'm going to try to go by memory here. They traded Zach Levine. They traded Chris Dunn. Mm-hmm. And they traded a draft pick that ended up being Larry Markinen to go get Butler. Yep. So they that's what I believe I was believe traded. I believe you are correct, yes. And uh, that's what they gave up. So um, to, to get him, they gave up, you know, Levine, Dunn, and, and, the, and, and the pick. Can't remember what number it was, but it was Larry, Larry, Larry Markinen. And they got Jimmy Butler, and he didn't stay. He doesn't want to stay. He doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to be in Minnesota. He hates Carl Anthony Towns. He doesn't like Wiggins. He doesn't see them as, a, as, as an organization that's going to win. So with that being said, he wants to get traded. He wants to go, and, and at least he's not saying it's only one team. He's saying here's three teams. Go make a trade. Yeah, I'm giving you three teams. Because a lot of these guys could be happy in more than one place. I could be happy in three, four, five different places. Just make me happy. I just want to get out of here. Winters are cold. We, we talked a lot about Kyrie Irving back in the day. We've talked a lot about a lot of these superstars uh, uh, who have come up, who have come available. Uh, Boogie Cousins is another one, and whether the Suns should or should not. In your opinion, this is a player the Suns should be interested in. He's a great, yes, he he's an unbelievable talent. He's what, 28? He's 29. Is he 29 uh, now? He's 29. Uh, he'll, he'll turn. He's got. He's, when is, he just turned 29. Did he? Yeah, he just turned 29 about okay, a week so ago. You got it. So if you had him, you'd have him at 29, 30, 31, 32. And then like, he would start to peter off a little bit. He's yeah, a good of course. player. Of He's course. a good player. Now, Tim Legler on SiriusXM today said, look, I like Jimmy Butler, but... Look, I've got a lot of respect for Jimmy Butler, and I just laid out what his credentials are as an NBA player. Four-time All-Star, two-time third-team All-League, been an All-Defensive player multiple times. To me, if Jimmy Butler is your best player, you aren't competing for a championship. I think he's a guy that needs to play alongside a guy to cast just a little bit longer shadow. If Jimmy Butler is your best player, you are not competing for an NBA championship. There's a lot of guys in the NBA. I mean, that's a lot of guys. Well, I know, but then that kind of begs the question, is such a guy worth five years and $190 million if he is not transcendent enough to say, now that we've got him, that's our He's our number one guy. We're going to go win a title. I mean, that's Durant. That's LeBron. That's you know that kind of territory is reserved for so few guys. If Bit- if Butler's not that guy, is he the guy you can go give one hundred million dollars to and expecting him to be your star? What Legler's not saying is there's only like six guys in the whole league that fit the category True. that he's talking about. True. Okay, I agree with that. Okay, there's only six guys in the NBA that fit that category. The next group of players are guys like Butler. He's the next group of players. There's not 25 superstars in the league. There's five. Yeah. There's six. There's not 25. So, yeah, can he be your, you know, he could be, he doesn't have to be your number one guy, but if he fits into a bunch of guys that are all on that level, then they can win. Suns will call, I'm sure, everybody in the league's going to call. Chances of something actually happening, less than 5%. Yeah, because they traded that unprotected pick in 2021. I mean, that's a, that's a good nugget for it to, to make a trade. Now, you could trade your pick. Because your pick's going to be a lottery pick next year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if you traded two of your picks going forward, I mean, so you'd still have your pick, which is attractive, but that Miami pick would have been really helpful. He experienced some growing pains in his first year as head coach. How did last year prepare the Coyotes for this season? We're going to ask their head coach, Rick Tocca, that question next on the Burns and Gambo Show.